On today's show, five things we learned from promoting a live streamed show. This is 30 Minute Music Marketing. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. And after a number of months being forcibly separated and recording the show in our own abodes, we are, despite the camera angle, you can't see it if you're listening to it on the podcast, we are appropriately socially distanced. I, I hand sanitized on the way in. So we are recording this uh, under safe COVID conditions, but we're in the room together for the first time in what seems like ages, so much so that you've, you've not bothered to charge the microphones up. To be honest, I think the battery just basically ran out. Right. You know, these are <clears throat> troubling and confusing times. Um, but today's show is uh, referencing something that, that we sort of did over the weekend in the fact that my band performed its first live ticketed show ever. Was it? Was your very first pay-per-view gig? Pay-per-view, that's a very good uh, expression and, uh, and good terminology. So we thought that today's show would be pretty good. In, and in, relevant. And for relevant. Today's... And sort of we're reflecting back and seeing what we've learned from it. The idea being that all the things that we've learned can now be passed on to, to you, our audience at home, in the hope that if you want or want to start putting on your own live streamed shows on whatever platform that may be, then you can learn from our experiences. Now, in in times gone by, in fact, it was way back in episode number five, we gave top 10 tips for promoting a live music show. So we don't want to necessarily cover old ground. That would be a very good um, episode to watch, maybe even be in the link before this. So, But we want to specifically talk about the things that we've learned from promoting this, uh, this, this live show. I think what because obviously we're a marketing uh, podcast, we'll, we'll talk about the marketing first. What we might actually do is if, if we well, want should to we talk... talk about what the outcome was first and then no, explain? No, no, oh, okay. no. Okay, well, well, it, it was a success. Okay, right, fair enough. It we, was. We, it was a very good success. Yeah, we might we managed to over a very short period of time sell four hundred tickets. So that was good. So we'll talk about maybe some of the logistics of how you, as the technical side of things, yep. did it. We'll do, we'll, we'll do that at the end because okay. that might not be something that someone's We don't want to bore them to begin no, with. No, exactly. But yeah. we, can, we can give it at the end as a little uh, as a little bonus. Um, yeah, so, so we'll talk about some of the logistics at the end uh, in terms of the, the, the technical deets. Yes. But we'll, we'll talk more about the, the Because actual... there was a bit of a learning curve. Well, there, there's always a... Life is one learning curve. Oh, so, so But I've, I've, I've managed to um, <clears throat> break it down into five main takeaway points okay. concerning the marketing yep. and selling, which I think will be <clears throat> of use to the uh, our audience at home. Very much so, especially if you want it to be a success. Mm, we all do, we all do. So what what is point number one? So Greg? point number one is make sure you lay the groundwork before are the on sale the on sale when tickets are on sale so the, the the thing is that for the most part people aren't used to buying tickets for live streamed events at this moment in time at least i it's... think certainly for gigs i think the the pay-per-view if you're used to kind of watching sporting events online or wrestling yeah. which i know utilizes uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. then i and also i um I was going to say gaming, but that's probably not. But I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are used to the pay-per-view, but it's not 
normally associated for music events. So, you, but you have to sort of think as to your own individual sort of content output and how that might necessarily have to change or what you've already got in place before you actually start to sell a, a live stream experience. So so the one thing, let, let's just, because we're recording this, so just after lockdown, the one thing yeah. that, that, that happened throughout that particular period is that um, um, myself and my band, we doubled down on the content that we were providing for our audience. So we were doing like, we do a quiz show a week. We've been doing... Was that uh, like a pub quiz show? It's like a pub quiz. We've been doing um, additional sort of... We did a game show for a couple of weeks. And for a period of about six weeks, we were doing like a, a karaoke show, taking our old uh, videos and putting um, the words to it. So like, you know, 20 minutes, half an okay. hour's worth of content. So giving them lots of free stuff. Yep. And not much in the way of live sort of music I content. guess because, A, you couldn't have got together. Couldn't go, got together. And also you're in danger of kind of just showing people what they can't experience and making them feel a bit more miserable. So so what we did is we we gave, you know, we were doing the Gary Vee approach. We were giving, we were giving. Gary Vee, you've mentioned that guy's name before. He's, he's, very, he's, he's very insightful. He's very, he's very good at what he does. And then we've left it as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And now what's happened is, well, you know, certainly uh, at the start of COVID, the world and his wife was sitting in the front room strumming an acoustic guitar and all that seems to have fallen by the wayside. And now I'm in a position to go, right, all those people have stopped. Now I'm going to what? start. But so so we have, we've been giving people lots of content and people have specifically said to us in the comments after the gig, oh, you know, you've done so much for us in the, in, in the meantime, we're going to do something for you now. So we've been giving people lots of content and now is the time for us to go for the ask. Yeah. And the ask has been successful. Now, if you're one of the musicians that have been producing lots of live music with your which phone... Which I have seen, quick question, before, yeah. which is on this subject matter, right? On some of the content that you did prior to this, so your groundwork, yes. so to speak, did you put anything up regarding PayPal donations? Yes. How, what response did that have? Not, uh, I don't want specifics. Yeah. I'm just talking in terms of, you know what was the engagement with that like? It, well, we only did it the once, but we made it a special occasion. Okay. We made a, a one-hour special live stream. The intention being is we're going to solidly entertain you for mm-hmm. an hour. Key word is entertain, isn't entertain it? Entertain <clears throat> for an hour. We did we did a bit of music, a bit of live music for the first time that anyone had seen from us yeah. for, for many, many okay. months. As a collective. And, as a collective. Right. Lots of other, you know, Chitty chatter and entertaining features beside, and we said right, and because of this, like you know, for an hour, so every almost like the equivalent of an ad break, as it were. Yeah, we go right well, and now you can reward us here okay. at, at this particular. So, event. as a percentage compared to the gig that you've just done, what would you say it? What would it only was? it only brought in? I would say uh, about twenty percent. But really, that less, that small. But there was no, there was no outlay. No, but it goes to show that the difference between a paid event and donation, yes, is it, considerably it, different. Yeah. So if I, what I'm getting is, I've seen a lot of people at um, on on Facebook doing these Facebook live streams and stuff, and they, oh, you can donate here, but ultimately, 
the, the likelihood is if you know if you've received a small amount there you will re- receive a bigger amount potentially by doing something that might have cost you a little bit but the returns will be higher yeah and and like i was saying if you're one of these musicians that have been producing um live stuff maybe again just broadcasting from your phone yeah. it may well be that you're going to have to back off from that a mm. little so you know so, so make you maybe make your streams a little bit shorter and just go right but I'm, I'm going to be broadcasting for longer on, on this particular paid event yeah. on this particular night or maybe stress to people that by doing a paid for live stream show what what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to we're going to up the production mm-hmm. and and sort of say you know I'm, I'm giving you this it's filmed on a phone and, and it's for free however you know let, let's all hop onto this big sort of produced sh- and, and in fact let, let's call it a, a show rather than just a you know well, a live stream from your uh, from it your becomes family. like a, a it becomes an event rather than just yeah. you know i mean I, i'm all for people doing like little things in their conservatory or their garden or their lounge or, or whatever but you know this is why i've had a few people ask after the, the event yeah. uh and you know and i ask about it and i've said to people you know if you want to charge then you have to do something that is worth paying for compared to i mean you're not going to be able to do have done all the free stuff and then charge for it because just people would go well i'll wait till they do another free one mm. but if it becomes an event that everything is up that you know you've increased everything tenfold quality and everything else like that then you know i don't think people begrudge paying yeah so so uh, remembering the concept of the fan bank Mm-hmm. There's got to be the groundwork laid in terms of giving people content, 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 and then we can go for the ask and make that uh, withdrawal. I know he's not a character you like, but John, this is all that Jonathan Pye did. He just gave loads and loads of content. Built up an audience. Built up, yeah. And literally, and then was you, know, you had sell-out tours, not only in the UK, but in Australia. And even, I think it was even going to get to the point of touring in the States. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that... There seems to be a lot of people that bemoan giving away stuff for free because they fear it, t- it well, impacts. It, it potentially, you know, devalues what you do, but but it doesn't. But, there, but you know, there there mm. there is there is value in in you as a brand and as a person, and if you're nurturing, well, there's a value in the relationship. Mm. But it's and, like by the... giving all that stuff and creating the relationship and the bond, then when you do ask. It's then you know it's it's going to be so much easier and people aren't going to be scared of putting their hands in the pockets. But the thing is though, it's what I might say as an example. I might say that this is worth five hundred pound, but if no one's heard of it, it's it does, it's not worth anything. Mm. There's more value in people knowing about it than me stating a value before I've even started. So, and I still think there's the values placed in your audience. That's that's your real value rather than you know how many what you think your monetary value is. Mm. So, point number one, lay the groundwork first. Point number two, Greg? If you do not promote the show, nothing will happen. Remember how uh, I previously referred to um, gigs as sort of three-party endeavours? Yes. Uh, In the UK, at least, you've normally got the venue. Mm Mm-hmm got the promoter yep. and you've got the artists themselves and each one of those people shares uh, the burden of the responsibility of helping to promote and sell that particular show a lot of people think only one person has the <laughs> yeah but if you're doing a live stream show yourself just you on the todd 
guess what? There is only one person whose responsibility it is to promote that show. And that person is you. And it can potentially be a lot of work. So do you, you know, do you have the, do you, do you have it within you? Let's put it that way. Do, you know, are, so you, are, you willing to, are you willing to do that work? Well, to be fair, though, the viewers and listeners should have a bit of a head start because we've already done a Facebook promotional campaign and showed them how to do it. So they should be a little bit more savvy. Obviously, our viewers, I'm, I'm sure, would, would, uh, would relish the task of, of doing it. But, you know, you, you just have to be aware that, that no one else is going to be doing it other than you, there's going to be no one else to blame. But, you know, so you've got to have the responsibility and you've got to, you've got to have it in you and just to go, right, yeah, it's going to be me that's doing this. Because if, you, you know, if you're not there showing up on the socials and doing all those plugs, which we'll, we'll talk about very, very shortly, nothing's going to happen. No tickets are going to be sold. And there's no one to blame other than yourself. If, I, if, if anything, it might be a sobering experience mm-hmm. Because, you know, bands often go, well, it's the promoter's job to, to promote the gig. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing it. It's the, it's the promoter's job. Well, guess what? For the live stream show, you are the promoter. You are the promoter. And let's see how easy it is. Well, at least one thing, if they have been doing the groundwork, they've been doing point one, they should already be able to use analytics to see their audience base, to know which is the best audience to target, when they come to do some promotion, so they know that the, the, they're hitting the right people rather than hoping for the best, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing with a show such as this is that it's probably going to be exclusively to your own audience. The thing about a, a gig is that there's, you know, there's a certain number of ticket sales that might be from just very sort of casual people, people who might live in the area, people who might yeah. be fans of that particular genre so in other words if you're uh, you know if you're a fan of reggae and you see there's a reggae band on somewhere near you even if you might not necessarily know them you might go yeah. oh you know, you'll, you'll take a punt oh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take a punt on that however what will generally happen is for something like a live stream show you probably get only people buying tickets that they are your warm audience the people who know you reasonably well and you know want to take take part in, in that particular night. So, uh, but yeah, the responsibility is yours. Make sure you're up for the task because it is, it's all down to you. You could do it, I'm sure. So, but, but you can't blame anyone other than yourself. Are you able to give the listeners and viewers a slight brief rundown of what campaign you did for your show? Um, or is that if, one of the other that's, questions? Yeah, let's, let's okay. go further down. In fact, that's probably the next one, Greg. Okay, right. So, yeah, yeah actually, you're right. So, point number three, which will explain Band upon a little point further, number two. Yes. Uh, social media is the best form of sales. So we only had a, a quite a short sales window. Ashley, how long did you promote it for? Fifteen days. Right, okay, that's not a long period nope. of time because in the real world of uh, gigging and event promotion, we uh, the sweet spot tends to be around about well, venues like to give three months. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think. Um, for an online event, you're probably allowed a shorter uh, time span. Because the thing about an event that you have to go to in a town or city mm. is that that takes a lot of potentially logistical planning. 
Mm. Oh, you've got it right. Well, you know, do you have to potentially book a room? As some people might do, you got to work out only train time and who potentially is going to mind the dog while I'm out, or, or the kids. Can I have kids? Can I have a dog? Who? Who do I know? And, and so you know, there's the logistics to sort. And oh, do I need to get Lorraine a ticket? And oh, well, I'm not going to buy a ticket un, un, until I know exactly how many. Yeah. Yeah. Neither. Whereas if it's just something that you can watch sat inside your own front room, you can probably leave that quite late. So the I had we were selling tickets through Eventbrite, and I why had the, did you use Eventbrite? Uh, I th- because when you first started talking about this, I was like, are they just going to sell it direct from the website? Uh, well, Eventbrite is you know it's a it's a it's an easy ticket platform to set up and start selling from. But for me, the most important factor was the fact that you can install a Facebook pixel on your Eventbrite page. So what that means is Facebook ads and Eventbrite can talk to each other and they can tell each other how much it has cost to achieve one ticket sale. Right, so that's an answer I was totally not expecting. Okay. I thought you were going to say just because it's an easy way of being able to no. email the unlisted YouTube link for which was where the broadcast was. No, no, no. It, you know, it, it was primarily down to, to Facebook. It, it's easy It's easy to set up a show. Right. It was, it was just a case of, because, as in, I'm an, I'm, I want to become an event organiser. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I want to set up a particular show. Yep. Fine. Right, it's on sale. Here's the link. So in terms of Eventbrite, they do all the monetary handling. Yes. And And also Eventbrite integrates with uh, Facebook directly. So if you're on the event page, Mm -hmm. you can select the number of tickets on the Facebook event page. You don't need to go to an external ticket provider. Everything can be done from within Facebook. Wow. Okay. That Bazinga. Bazinga. Hello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that also, I suppose, gives uh, customer confidence because mm. everything, you're not suddenly being directed to another. To, to, yeah, to a, a strange ticketing platform that you might have never, you know, like, like Zao tickets. It's like, is, is this entirely legitimate? Are they actually going to send me anything? Okay. This sounds amazing, simple, and confident integration. How much does it cost, Sheldon? What, for Eventbrite? Yes. Well, the thing is, you can set it up so that the booking fees that people so very much don't particularly like... Despise Yes, booking fees can be incorporated into the overall ticket price, or you can set a ticket price and booking fees were on top. So in this particular case, uh, ticket price was £7. However, booking and transaction fees were on top of that, so I think the customer paid £8.50. 14 a ticket. So it's so either it's, so it's either it, going it, to hit you £1.14 or it's yeah, going to hit the customer. And I, I, but during I, these I, pressing I passed, times, yeah. I passed it on to the customer. Oh, you know, or I could have just said, you know, tickets are, tickets are £8 or £8.50. Yeah, uh, sorry. But ultimately, it's not massively yeah, expensive. Yeah, it, it, te- it technically take. didn't cost me... Anything. Anything. So right. that's all right. And no one begrudged. No, I, th- I think booking fees and uh, as much as we hate events, it, are, uh, you know, it's just one of those yeah. um, things. And of to life. be honest, it's only going to get worse because of with venues. So um, let's, so, let's sure. get back to Eventbrite. I had a an app on my phone which is able to monitor ticket sales, and the the one thing I was able to do is after a round of reminding people on the socials, 
on all platforms at once, you know, Facebook, um, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, I was able then to see a corresponding spike right. in sales. Okay. So I know for a fact that social media was directly responsible for a lot of those sales. So you have to make sure that you've got lots of content to use on your socials that uh, that can be used not necessarily again and again fresh different types of content so i would that's what i was going to say you're not you weren't no, no, running no. the same no no not not the same I, w- I was finding clever and different ways to remind people and posting once every two days right at a set time no well, at different times so okay. in other words I, I might do one at lunchtime one in the evening just so you can catch different people who might want to come on once per day that's a good point so so you've got to make sure that you've got a a, a, you know, a strong social media, not necessarily presence, but you've got a um, a good um, schedule of, of different types of content that you can put out on your socials to remind people. And then obviously that is accompanied by the link. Yeah. So people can, uh, can directly go and buy tickets there. And then other methods that I use, obviously we've got a mailing list. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is you, you're somewhat restricted online because like a gig at a, at a venue, you'd be postering inside the venue, outside the venue, maybe, you know, local gig guides, that yeah. sort of thing. But you are somewhat sort of restricted. So uh, the same as I do for my real world events, I used uh, Facebook ads, used a number of different audiences to target. One of them um, was people who've engaged with my Facebook page over... Um, the, the past, I think it's um, 365 days. So anyone who's interacted and, you know, messaged or left a comment on my page, they're counted in the overall audience. They were right. advertised to. Um, I created an audience of the people who s- said they were either going to, uh, they were going or they were interested in one of my real world events. So I was able to target people okay. who were going to come to a show, but obviously I haven't been able to over the past sure. sort of six months. Um, I, I experimented a little and targeted people who'd watched 75% of my last music video that was a success on Facebook. And I also um, experimented by showing uh, the advert to a large music festival that were quite sort of popular at. So the majority of it is is people who know of us and have interacted with us yeah. and who, who want to come to see us in, re- in real life. And then a, a, a little bit of a curveball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, let, let's just try this see and see what happens. Um, that one didn't actually work out as well as I'd anticipated in, in terms of the advert. I actually shut off that particular advert really? quite early. Yeah, it didn't seem to be generating. Um, yeah. Lots of people were looking at the adverts. But it wasn't. But it, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't generating sales. I was using a sales conversion, which enables uh, Facebook and Eventbrite uh, to talk to each other, right? And, and to get that cost per ticket. Sale. So, how much was it costing per ticket? Um, it worked out at about uh, In terms of seventy-four costs. pence per ticket. Sold so hundred pounds worth of advertising was able to generate about seven hundred and forty pounds, which so, is all right. So why did the rest of the tickets? Sit? Um, uh, just again, people who were following the links from the socials or people from my mailing list. 
they were clicking the link in the mailing list. It's not bad, is it? To go from 100 quid to... That's yeah, like no, that's, a, that's a fairly sort of decent return. And, and obviously, you know, if you want, you can you can set your ticket price. Uh, I, I almost... Maybe I... I don't know. I, I said it at a low price, so there'd be a low barrier to entry. Yeah. But now I'm left with the... Well, if I want to raise it, then oh, I've already well, I've started it You'll quite low. You'll have to low. in. Uh, well, that, that's... Value add. I told you, you, you need added to... Added value. You need to do upsell. Upsell, yeah. Well, ways you can upsell. You can sell um, um, an MP3 or a WAV of your performance. Yes, you could. Could. You could uh, do a multi-channel Pro Tools recording. Uh, you, could have, uh, you could have a Zoom green room before the show. So yeah. an hour before the show, you can you can be on, on a Zoom, a on, on a greet. one-to-one. Yeah, virtual meet and greet. You do attend the sound check. Oh, would you? <laughs> you really won't want to do that. You'd have to have to have the beep machine in for uh, for a lot of it, I would imagine. So, so ultimately, I think make sure you use creative and inventive ways in order to keep reminding people uh, that the show is about to take place and tickets are on sale and they should get their tickets. But as as I say, try and you don't necessarily just use the same graphic or the same sort of video. Try and do as many different ways as possible just to keep it you, just to, just to, obviously the message is still <clears> the same you broadcast some from a rehearsal right uh all in um some content from a rehearsal yes session. that's actually covered in um in the next part you're always you're always I'm, not, I'm, reading that from, I'm reading that from yeah i know but your mind is 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 jumping in because i want to talk i want to talk more about that okay so we're gonna go are we gonna go on to point four then point number four yes so Online ticket sale patterns are like those in the real world. So I work for an event promoter. I, I, I do work for an event promoter. When there's not a global pandemic and there's actually events to buy tickets for. I think it's but dead. What norm- so again, let's just talk about this three-month typical um, between the announce uh, and the uh, show date. So what happens is, uh, apologies for listening on the podcast. I'm going to have to uh, try and... I'm gonna, I'm gonna Just go watch it on YouTube. We need the views. We need the views. Yeah, the podcast is more popular than the views. So what happens is the show is announced, and you get oh, lots of ticket sales when the show is announced. And then as the as the you know after after a week or two, those ticket sales decline because everybody mm-hmm. thinks oh that that show's not for months or for weeks. And so what tends to happen is half halfway through the. Mm-hmm announced date and the show date you're virtually selling no tickets but as you get closer to the show date all those ticket sales start ramping up again and ramping up again and you generally it the 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 sales pattern can be different for different bands for different audience demographics but i'd normally as you as you ramp towards the show date your ticket sales will rise and rise and rise and then for some bands, you'll get a bit of a walk-up on the night. For some bands, you'll get quite a lot of a walk-up on the night. Tribute bands tend to get more of a walk-up than normal bands because a tribute band is maybe that thing where somebody on the morning of the show, people will go, shall we go to that? Yeah, let's go to yeah. that. They tend to be cheaper than normal bands as well. So it's more of an impulse Hang sort on, of purchase. you say they tend to be cheaper? Yeah. I thought they should all be cheaper. Well, if you go and see the bootleg Beatles, that's still that's going to be more expensive than a you know just seeing a uh, well, you'd only see Johnny Delgado and the uh, and the Tornadoes down down the local yeah. boozer. So that's in the real world. I found that those sorts of ticket sales, um, uh, ticket sales patterns, they're mirrored in the the real uh, in the on the online world. 
as well. I sold a lot of in this 15-day sales period. Sold a lot at first, and then as as dropped we off uh, dropped off as we got to the halfway point, and then as the uh, as the show date neared, they sold more and more and more. But and this this surprised me greatly. The last sort of 36 hours, sales went through the. Roof. Yeah, I remember you kind of saying because you said one well, literally. I think like the day before, it was at like. I think we sold something in the region of at least a quarter, getting up to a over third. Over a quarter, I think. Yeah, over a quarter in the last twenty-four hours, and what would normally happen is that um, an online, uh, something like Sea Tickets or Ticketmaster, they'd shut off ticket sales sometimes the day before because what you ha- what has to happen is then. The, the details of all those ticket purchases have to go to the box office of the venue and there's always yep. a little bit of a, a time administrative delay from that. But I shut off, I think it was maybe about two hours before we were due to start broadcasting and I had quite a few people kicking off going, oh, I want to buy my tickets now. And it's like, well, the ticket sales are shut because obviously this still has to be a period of time where we generate the stream link right. and that then has yes. to go to people in a good amount of time to to pick that up so i think the important thing to remember is that in terms of your promotion if you're promoting a live stream gig that last 24 hours you've got to remember is is absolutely key so if anything double down on Mm. your marketing and, and your promotion and one of the things that we did is we were having a band rehearsal on the afternoon of the show and i took um i took great care to do a live stream on facebook uh, a live stream on Instagram and a live stream on Twitter, one song on each platform yep. and accompanied by the link wherever possible mm-hmm. in the actual post. So remind people, here's a song, um, chatting with people at the end of the song going, don't forget the, the show's tonight. Make sure you get tickets. Here's the ticket link or on Instagram. Your ticket link is in the bio just to hammer that message home and don't, you know, and don't, shut off your sales too soon because people will technically want to buy tickets right up to the almost the because again this is almost like the ultimate um impulse potentially impulse purchase because mm-hmm. people don't have to step out of the house people can be sat on the sofa mm-hmm. and they could be watching you in, in you know technically in in a couple of minutes time but that there has to be a, a period of time for yourself as a as a promoter to uh, to sort the logistics of sending yep. the streaming link out to the punters. Uh, so one thing I will say is that if we know ticket sales are strong at the start, if you don't get those strong ticket sales when your ticket link goes on sale and is announced by you, then maybe you have to think, oh, right, if this isn't working now, I'm going to need to do something different. Maybe you're going to yep. need to put more money in terms of promotion and promoting it right at the start to make people aware because i know this as a uh, as, as working for a firm of promoters if we don't get a strong um start on a show we know we're going to be constantly yeah. chasing our tails for the next however many weeks or months it is so, so that's a sign for us if we get a slow start we go right this show's going to need some attention we're going to need to give it more marketing maybe we'll, we'll potentially have to Get the venue to help us, or we might need to draft other, uh, you know, other parties in 
to try and help with that marketing and promotion. So you should get a strong start at the start. If you don't, then that's a, uh, it's a slight warning that you might need to give uh, this a little bit more TLC just to make sure people are aware that the show is on sale. Yep. So there you go. Online ticket patterns are just like those in the real world. Okay, so number five, even for an online show, community, or sorry, creating community is key. So this isn't necessarily directly related to the selling of ticket sales, but it's for, for people who buy a ticket and hopefully that you'll want to buy future tickets as well. What you, If you think about um, a gig, a live music event, it's very much a communal activity. Yep. You've got all these disparate people from all around this particular region, whenever the gig is being held, and they all have one thing in common, common they like the particular artist that they go to see. Yep. So really, it, 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 it's almost like a religious experience. They all converge on the one place to worship whoever is on that sort of stage. And the, you know, the, there's a there's a feeling of a common bond of, of all those people in that room for for those, you know, for that particular period of hours. Again, one of the benefits of actually going to, to a live show, you, you, that, that experience is that you have a, you know, you have a, a common unity. Yeah. You have something in common with all those people and that, that's what makes it sort of feel sort of special. If people are sat on the couch or on the chair at home on their own or, or with only their, their significant other, then they're probably not, going to get that but there are ways that you can actually generate that and you know allowing people to talk to each other so you know you could well, one thing that we because uh, we discussed this and it, again it's a little bit with the infrastructure the, the we chose youtube as a platform because we haven't really kind of said we could have well, done we'll, it on we'll, Twitch. We'll, yeah we're leaving that for, uh, for later but the advantage you know one thing we noticed with youtube is the fact that people could comment yes so it's, it's directly with a quick and easy comment box. so you had like an ipad so you were able to watch the stream as well and see the comments and stuff so you could directly ask them to your audience and then the other thing is you had people sending you videos uh, photos, yes. Yeah. So, we've, photos. We've so where, got did, a, where did they send those that information that to? That was in our, I was going to say private, it's not private, but we have a Facebook group which is run alongside our main right. Facebook page. So basically all, the, all our hardcore fans yeah. are in this group and they were all posting photos of them, um, you know, in, the, in their front room or watching it in, in their garden. Yeah. So um, we were able to to show those and you know give shout outs to those particular and it people. Just, and it really made a difference. Yeah, it, it, it really did because every everybody, although they were in their own abodes, they people could see that they were all sharing the same experience. You might be able to use you know on Instagram or Twitter, maybe maybe a specific hashtag mm. for your event that you could search for, and then again you could give shout outs and. and references to so so everybody again that people were watching throughout the world we had i think australia new zealand uh united states um sweden really germany yeah we get about a bit us you know you do. but but again all those people for that period of time obviously they were watching the same thing but they were able to even communicate so you were with a, each other you were playing an, to an australian audience where they actually wanted to see you yeah not like another band we know. So you can find ways to make people at home feel part of, of a room. Of what, yeah, of one big family. That's but it. One thing I noticed was just the comments and the camaraderie between fans. And they're all talking to each other. And if one had a, say, 
shall we say, had a slight technical problem problem because they hadn't refreshed the page when the library, you know, you had people kind of say, have you tried doing this? And then, so they were actually helping each other out to make sure that everyone could get enjoyment, which I thought was, it was just something I hadn't expected to see. And it's funny because for the first time ever, that particular group, because they had all shared the same experience, what I found was there was a, there was a great, after the event, there was a greater bonding between Mm. them. Because obviously, you know, they're fans and you might get one or two of them meeting at a show, but the majority of them shared the the same experience. So afterwards, I mean, this is the week following it, that that group's been really sort of active and and they are chatting more to each other because they they now feel a greater connection between each other and and you know so the comments have continued yes very much so oh wow i didn't that's that's news to me so those are the things that we that we'd learned in terms of marketing promotion and overall sort of handling shall we shall we talk a little bit about how we sort of executed the 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 technical side how technical do you want me to be let's not be too technical but but we've already said we, we chose youtube as a as a platform and did an unlisted link. You could do a private link, but then you'd have to send the email to the the link to the email that's associated with that person's YouTube channel. And then you get people going, I haven't got a YouTube channel. And- well, that's the thing. I mean, the, an important part of it, I guess, your deciding factor, well, one of your deciding factors was knowing your audience yes. and kind of not being overly technical. Whilst Vimeo or Twitch. Um, might have been technically better it would that uh, having having to require account an account for those things is going to make it a massively incon- you know it's just putting a big barrier and we decided that everyone has got youtube on either the phone or their the ipad or-, or the laptop or the tv so you know in, in terms of the uptake of that particular platform for, in other words if i'd have said oh we're broadcasting it on twitch the majority of my audience would have gone goodbye <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so, so it, it, it's quick and easy for us, easy for other pieces of software mm-hmm. to to talk to, uh, and so it was a it was a multi cam shoot. We used, we used two cameras. Um, I used a Blackmagic web presenter box to be able to cut between the two cameras. I used a Soundcraft UI16 Wi-Fi mixer. So the advantage of that was I was able to put the band in a separate part of the building, but be able to remotely control the mix and the uh, cameras from the studio. Um, So, and then we just broadcast out via OBS to your your YouTube YouTube channel. channel. And then as Sheldon said, just basically copy the um share the link uh to eventbrite what did you do it uh well we, we generated the um the link streaming link on youtube and once we had that then i was able to go into eventbrite and send the into the you know, into my um <clears throat> promoter panel so and say here's the link and then i mean in terms of we just made sure that we kind of i mean we just tried to dress up the room. Some of us tried better than others, but <laughs> it was it was part, it was it was partially successful. There, there was a few technical. But in terms of like, you know, it's from my perspective, I had to make an investment in getting lights because you know just like 
gig lights because it's not something we've done before. So, uh, so you know, I, I've Sheldon spent money, I've spent money, but you feel that you know the end results will warrant the the outlay. So, in terms of, I mean, to we just kept it quite straightforward and just did a stereo mix. But you know, down the line, we would suggest two bands, including Hot Pots, the to do a uh, you know to do a multi-channel Pro Tools recording, so you could do a, a, a deluxe box set. The reason I'm going to talk about deluxe box sets, did you see what was released? You know, what was mentioned yesterday? No, no, no. Tears and fears of re-releasing Sowing the Seas of Love album, deluxe, uh, super dope. <gasps> How can you say that? Yeah. <laughs> so. But in terms I'm sure, of, I'm sure <coughs> Alita Adams is. Was it Alita Adams? Yeah, it was. Yes, I'm sure she's she's, she's thrilled. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I mean, in terms of the, the reason I mentioned that is that you know, ultimately, if you get to know your fan base, they will buy. They will pay extra for you know a lot of extra things. Yeah. So, um, the the one thing um, we uh, I think is 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 definitely a must is having someone on what I would call virtual box office. Yes. So handling <clears throat> the queries from people who bought tickets and what will happen is you'll send the link out and people go, oh, I can't find the link. We sent it in an email. Well, I haven't got an email. Have you checked your junk mail out? And yeah. so, and, yes, I think and that's what, a... what will happen is people will message you also on different platforms saying <laughs> they haven't had the link. So we were going to, we're going to have a dedicated person on that, but uh, through various logistics that, that fell through. And I think that's the, that's a, a definite. Certainly, if you if you've got a number of tickets sold, a number of tickets sold equals uh, a number of queries, and a the, certain level of expectation. And and yes, so uh, a virtual box office person is uh, is a cert that's going to take the pressure off you, enabling yeah. you just to be uh, an artist for the evening, and someone else can handle all the uh, other. But te- but technically, it it all it, it worked. Yeah, it, it technically. I mean, the only the I think. You don't was the, was that the first night that you used in it? You didn't use in ear monitors, did you? I did. Yes. You did, right? Yeah. And is that the first time you've used in ear monitors? Yes. Uh, would you say in ear monitors for a geeking band is important, or um, you know, it depends upon the venue where you're playing and how good their uh, their monitor setup is and how good their engineer is and you know yeah. get it in there. But yeah, I used in ear monitors. But that's it's not, not essential. That's not necessarily anything to do. But with, I mean, in terms but... of like for next time, I mean, I'm moving away from. Um, I have my black magic, uh, web presenter box, but I've now not upgraded, but I've implementing a, a black magic ATEM Pro ISO, which will enable me to operate and mix four cameras. I can bypass OBS, but then I can also record all four feeds as well as the mix feed and then do post editing in DaVinci Resolve, which now brings even more cameras and more angles and stuff like that. So for when you do the next one, we'll be able to implement more cameras. Wowzers me trousers. And, you know, keep every member of the band happy. Well, attempt to keep every member of the band happy. It's all to come. It's all to come. So those are our experiences. Mm-hmm. In promoting and uh, undertaking a live stream. Quick question. Event. I know I've already asked you this. Carry on. Do you need to ask me this while the cameras are rolling? Yes. In terms of, so ultimately, let's imagine the world was back to normal. Yeah. Would you still do it? Uh, I would still have a certain amount of live streamed shows, yes, for the simple reason or that. Or pay to play. Sorry, pay to view. Pay to view. For the simple reason that. 
no matter where you are in the world and wherever you're gigging and performing, there's always going to be a good number of people who are, for whatever logistical reason, are never going to be able to to, to, to come to your show. So it's like, for example, you know, uh, we have people watching Australia, New Zealand, Texas. Good old Eric. Good old Eric. <laughs> he's, he's one of our great benefactors. And again, <laughs> Europe. And I don't get to... Uh, the, the number of uh, places in this country, never mind other countries. And normally I've been very much of the opinion that right, we're going to be playing here and you need to you need to come here on this yeah. particular day. And if you're not, you know, you're not going to see us. And that's fine. And, you know, obviously live is still probably the, the, the best way to experience live music. But I've got, I've just realised that there is an audience of people who are going to struggle to get to those shows, no matter how popular those shows are. And it's really, it's not about going, right, well, this is going to take away from my live shows. What it's really doing is it's supplementing and serving a different audience almost who aren't able to get to those live shows. So I think once we come out of this post-COVID, we've got to remember, yes, we can do these particular shows in these particular cities serving those local audiences. Mm-hmm. And what your live stream shows are for is all those people who either can't get to those or who and, and just don't live anywhere near those. And you know, you're doing it for 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 their convenience. And the people who want to come and see you live will, you know, they they will, you know, you, you're just providing, yeah. you know, alternatives. So yeah. So uh it's a new paradigm, Greg. It is. I think, and this is what I've been trying to say to bands. It's like at the moment, I know things aren't great, but you know, it's it's giving both you and I an opportunity to try something that we probably wouldn't have done before. And you know, and so far, with a bit of bit of thought and planning, it can be a success. Yeah. So, so in terms of your marketing, do your groundwork first. Build up your audience. Make sure that. That you know you're giving them lots of content so that you know they'll they'll value what you do. And when you come to do that ask and say, right, tickets for this live show are on sale, it you know, it should it should work. It's worked for me. Yeah. So they go subscribe. Subscribe. Smash that subscribe. Recommend button. this show, which I'm sure it's been of great use this week, to a, a musical friend or colleague. Quick question. Yes. Can people rewatch it if they've already bought a ticket? Yes. And I've subsequently had one person by a sort of, you know, I've charged somebody through PayPal for the price of a, a ticket and given them the link and let them watch it. Okay. But people, yeah, I, I, I told people that they'd be able to rewatch it for 30 days. I think I might just leave it up there. I did for nice. They'll get bored of it sooner than that. <laughs> so at least, you know, on YouTube, you know, you've got, yeah. you've, it, it's, you know, it's a, it, it's there, it's libraried. For yep. anybody who wants to access it later, and I, I know some, I know some people have, have, have rewatched it in form as well. Well, so there you go. You can't really lose, can you? No. There you go. See you next week. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.